Welcome to a special two-part episode of the Brick House Podcast. We are breaking down the NBA lottery teams and giving you a year in review. And I'm Matt Baker. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. We've been we've been gone for a week, so I forgot how this works. Matt Baker, good to see you, man. <laughs> yeah, happy Sunday morning to you. Hey, happy Sunday to you, Bob Johnson. Yeah, that's right. I'm Bob Johnson. We're the Brick House Podcast. We got some shitty basketball teams to talk about today. We got a, just a week left of the regular season, and we're going to be talking about the Golden State Warriors, Cleveland Cavaliers, and San Antonio Spurs pretty much every week from here on out. So I thought we'd give a, the bottom feeders of the league an opportunity to... Uh, one last hurrah. One last hurrah. Do we have a... Or we're going to give the people what they want by comparing their in-season records to our predictions, right? We're going we're gonna to talk the predictions that we made at the beginning of the year. Uh, also similar to the beginning of the year, we're going to have a simile or metaphor for the uh, tire fire that is a lot of these lottery teams. Oh, yeah. Then we're going to tell you the most important person in each franchise that would be responsible for turning it around, turning the fate of the franchise around, or maybe some other bullshit that we just come sure. up with for that team. But we want to rank each team. So this this first half of the episode is going to be all about the Eastern Conference lottery teams, and we're going to go from worst to best as far as not as far as how they finish this season necessarily, but their future prospects. Okay. Going forward into next season right. and the future after that. Right. So if we're going to start with the team in the Eastern Conference that has the least amount of prospects going forward into the future, Matt and I each came up with our own rankings here, and now this is the first time we're seeing how they compare. But if I had to guess, I would say that Matt Baker has also predicted that the Brooklyn Nets are in seventh or last place in the Eastern Conference for most hopeless franchise, or first place for most hopeless, last place for a team with hope. Yes, yeah. The Nets are all of that, what you just said. I'm going to take it directly to a seriously dark place here, Oof. Matt. There's a lot of dark comparisons in, in these teams, as you might imagine. I'm going to go ahead and compare the Brooklyn Nets to Kitty Genovese. Are you familiar with Kitty Genovese, Matt? You probably might be. No, I am actually not. Well, she is a woman who lived in New York, in Queens uh, particularly, in the 1960s. And she is famous because she was stabbed to death Ooh. outside of her apartment building while dozens of people witnessed it and did not call the police. Wow. I mean, this uh, her murder has been studied as far as psychological experiments. It was uh, even used in the last episode of Girls on HBO. Huh. But essentially, the reason I compare Kitty Genovese to the Brooklyn Nets, while she was stabbed and dozens of people looked on and did nothing, I imagine that is how the Nets front office oh, has yeah. worked for the past few years with Billy King at the helm. The only way I can make sense of some of the decisions that they've made is that he must have been in a room full of empty chairs. If not, then these people are all responsible. Everyone is responsible <laughs> yeah. for not saying something, Matt. If you see something, if you see something, say something. Say something. Yeah. Maybe they didn't have those posters back in the 60s. Maybe that was the problem. 
But there's no way that 20, 10 to 20 MBA minds in one room could make such collectively terrible decisions. Do you um, want to give away all of our draft picks for the next six years? Well, I don't see anything <laughs> wrong with this idea. If it gets us Jason Terry, I guess we should. Yeah, they're sitting in the room like, Billy wants to give away all the draft picks for the next six years. Oh, he can't be serious. Should we call Proker off? Oh, he can't be serious. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but it's Andrea Bargnani, guys. Yeah, yeah. It's Gerald Wallace for Damian Lillard. Come yeah. on. I mean, that year and a half they got out of Kevin Garnett sure was worth the... Uh... Gosh. Although I guess it did get him Thad Young, but whatever. They did win one playoff series against the Raptors that was pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. and uh... That's why we play basketball, Bob, to win one playoff series that was very exciting. <laughs> That's why we spend the most money ever spent on an NBA franchise yeah. to win one series. Who did you compare the Brooklyn Nets to, Matt? It just says I didn't here. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I thought I was thinking of what the Nets were like, what watching the Nets this year was like, <laughs> and I just put I didn't. Honest. Yeah. That's a that actually that Kitty Genovese is that her name? Yeah. That's a brilliant. I don't think anything I could have had. Well, thank you. At. Thank you, Matt. Well, we made a new segment for the most important person for change in the franchise. It comes from one of my favorite movies, The Big Lebowski, and the Sam Elliott opening monologue. Sometimes there's a man. I won't say a hero, because what's a hero? The most important person for change in the Brooklyn Nets franchise, Matt, I put R.C. Buford. Go on. I know R.C. Buford is actually the general manager of the Spurs. Sure. But the Nets hiring of Sean Marks, who is who was a, an assistant to R.C. Buford in San Antonio. The Nets are counting on R.C. Buford having some sort of pixie dust that is transferable if you just hire anybody on, this, on the Spurs staff. In fact, they're not the first NBA team to have this theory. Right. They're just thinking, we just need to get anybody from the Spurs front office. Anybody. Like the, yeah. the guy who makes photocopies for the for Greg Popovich <laughs> yeah. knows more about Billy more about basketball than Billy King. Well this is yeah, this is this would be trouble too because based on previous decision making, if you're Sean Marks and you see all the bad decision making, would you be happy that they decided you were the one? You know That's what I mean? That's a good point. Yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah. Mine is not necessarily a person. It's kind of a group of people. It's Simmons, Ingram, Heal, Dunn, Murray, Bender. Just kind of it. <laughs> a high draft pick yeah. that they're not going to get. Yeah, <laughs> because Boston gets the Nets pick. And if Boston ends up with a stud, whoever they end up with, if that person becomes great, then you might burn the franchise to the ground <laughs> it's going to be all the more painful they yeah can't have another damian lillard well that it just that just affects yeah that's a, another good point it, <laughs> it it would just be so depressing for the fans that it would take it would take a lot to win them back i would think yeah well sean marks i the the only team that i could really compare them to the position that the nets are in now are similar to the post-Isaiah Thomas Knicks from about six, seven years ago. Right. Johnny Wal- Donnie Walsh had to come in and uh, completely rebuild. You know, Isaiah Thomas had, had mortgaged the Knicks' future for, uh, 
Steph Marbury and uh, and Stevie Franchise, Steve Francis. The, the Suns were a, a big recipient of that whole thing. So The Nets have made a lot of teams better in the NBA in the past five years with Billy King yeah. at the helm. Record prediction. So at the beginning of the season, we predicted that the Brooklyn Nets would be 34 and 48. Oh, yeah? We thought they were going to be bad, but we didn't expect them to be this bad. Seeing as they didn't have a draft pick or any reason to be bad. Well, that's one of the reasons we thought they might be not completely terrible. Right. But this year, no, there's still a couple games left to go, but they are currently sit at 21 and 58. Oof. Well, let's get on to our next team, Matt. Let's do who, it. who do you have as number six for the future power rankings in the Eastern Conference? Number six, I have uh, the 76ers, Bob. 76ers. Is that who you have? Let's go right into the Sixers. They're All the right. most interesting team of any non-playoff team, I think, so especially the, this week. Yeah, right. So the the six, they got that all-important tenth win, so they will not finish with the right. worst record ever. Um, Over the New Orleans Pelicans, who did not have a single starter playing. Oh, they didn't have what their top six or something. Wow. Yeah. So we have that. I put watching the Sixers. And this, this, I guess, it's just a s- sentence, really, and it comes on the heels of what happened this week, is uh, if someone was like, hey, here's a process, we want you to trust this, and it was like, I, don't, I can't really trust this process. And they're like, yeah, but we want you to watch and trust this process anyway. It's like, you know how they're going to come out with like their fifth Transformers movie? Uh-huh. So it's like, yeah, we know what to expect. Like, yeah, but just trust like the how we make these and what's going to happen. We're like, yeah, but I don't, I haven't really trusted any of the past <laughs> few ones. They're like, yeah, no, it's okay. Just trust. We have it's it's taken care of. It's taken care of. It's like trusting the process at a sausage factory. It's like just trust us. There's no eyeballs or assholes in there. Yeah, trust us. You'll love yeah. it. But the problem with that is Transformers doesn't go out like three quarters of the way through the shoot. Fire Michael Bay. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> or Michael Bay writes a thirteen-page yeah. resignation letter. <laughs> yeah, there'd be a lot of explosions in that resignation letter. <laughs> you last week you texted me that I need to listen to Sam Hinkie on Zach Lowe's podcast, right? And I did, and not three hours later, <laughs> Sam Hinkie resigns. Yeah. Literally within twenty four hours of being on the podcast. Yeah, within twenty four hours of being on the podcast, and within a few hours of me listening to it, and kind of thinking, I don't know how to feel about Sam Hinkie and this whole thing. The, yeah. the thing I found most interesting about the interview, well, all of it was actually very interesting. The part where he talks about how when Colangelo came in, he started. He told Hinkie that Hinkie needs to do more interviews and put himself out there more right and that actually might have been his downfall yeah i think that's what was very telling not only was it 24 hours after being on zach lowe's podcast but it was the first week of him experimenting with colangelo's advice it's like okay yeah i will go out and do the media stuff he did that for a good two and a half days and he was like you know what this isn't for me. Yeah. <laughs> They're asking all the questions that I knew they were going to ask, yeah. and I really don't have a good answer for. Lowe even, Zach Lowe even set him up to say, when it, Zach Lowe said, They're talking about hiring someone at your level. Can you handle that? Zach Lowe is essentially saying, Will you be with this organization for much longer? Right. And as we found out, he was not. 
my comparison in there. I think that the the appeal of the 76ers is very similar to people slowing down on the freeway to gawk at a horrible <laughs> car crash. Yeah. We do have to address this 13-page letter that Sam Hinkie wrote, Matt. I yeah. Mean, it's filled with brick house gold in fact we might <laughs> you might just have another episode over the summer going through it line by line like a retrospective a yeah. few months uh, from phillymag.com i i saw a couple of things that were posted highlighted the magazine wanted to point out that one of the abraham lincoln quote the abraham lincoln quote that hinky uses is yeah. actually not a real abraham lincoln quote hey if you give me six hours to cut down a tree i'm gonna use the first four just sharpen in the axe <laughs> i'm gonna use the first for to work on a three pointers. That... I, I I feel like that's a Lincoln quote. Uh, you know, in the movie Lincoln, when Lincoln's sitting around talking to the black guys, like just sitting there yucking it up, or is it soldiers? I forget if it's the slaves or the soldiers. Uh huh. I think it might be soldiers. Oh, the soldiers, uh, yeah. yeah. And he's just like spinning yarns and being charming, Lincoln. I feel like that would be a quote that would be in that movie that Hinky saw. Just assumed that it would be accurate. Yeah, for what I read, it's it's pretty much uh, just loggers who have forwarded this myth that there's some sort of cutting a tree down Lincoln quote. Sure. Sam Hinkie also quoted people like Elon Musk, Bill Belichick, uh, Warren Buffett, all sorts of different uh, leaders of uh, industries, millionaire, billionaire investors. I mean, I think he was obviously trying to quote these people to show, hey, you know, if you were to put Bill Gates in charge of a team, this is what he would do. So judge sure, me if sure. you want, but it's maybe it's just because I'm smarter than you and you don't understand. The funniest quote to explain this, I thought, was uh, was not about basketball at all, but about a flightless bird from New Zealand, Matt. Yeah. The moa. This, this bird Maori? actually... No, the Maori are the uh, explorers. The oh, moa the is okay. the uh, is the bird. Yeah, it measured ten feet, four hundred pounds. The quote in the Hinky uh, essay is: New, e "New Zealand's flightless bird, the moa, had the life tramping around the South Island for a great long run. Then the first Maori explorers washed ashore in canoes, and that was that." Essentially, Jerry Colangelo. You're the Maori explorers. Yeah. We had we had a great thing going with a 400-pound flightless bird running around in paradise yeah. until your canoes hit the shore and fucked everything up for that bird. He, <laughs> he should have just gone full crazy and compared himself to a Native American, and Colangelo was the, the settlers the that came in. Blanket. Yeah, just threw the... The AIDS, the AIDS blanket, smallpox blanket all over him. Well, let's get into our, uh, our most important person to change that. Yeah. But sometimes there's a man, and I'm talking about the dude here. For me, I put Ben Simmons. And before Hinky resigned this week, there were rumors starting to come out that his future might be linked to the lottery, meaning... If the Sixers won the lottery, he would keep his job. Because that's what his whole goal was, yeah. And if he didn't, I thought it was pretty funny and pretty pretty suiting that you know his whole his whole future with the franchise could come down to just the luck of the bounce of the ping pong balls, right. which is really what he was betting the whole future of the franchise on, the yeah. luck of the bounce of ping pong balls. What about you, Matt? Most important person to I, change. I have Team Colangelo. Yeah, just Jerry and Brian. I uh, 
as a Suns and Diamondbacks fan, Colangelo, Jerry Colangelo is kind of uh, a lot of people. Not everyone in Phoenix likes him because mm-hmm. there was some stuff with the way the Diamondbacks, that whole franchise, came about and how he kind of left that team in debt. And I've always liked Colangelo. I thought he's done. He's one of the most important people in the history of the city of Phoenix. But they, I, I think they'll be good for Philly because Colangelo is. He's not. He's not scared of shaking things up. And Brian Colangelo did pretty well with the Suns, and he actually didn't do too bad on Toronto mm-hmm. when he was there. And they have enough. They actually have enough assets that if you get someone who wants to roll the dice in a constructive way, it actually could turn out pretty well. I think so too, and that's why I had him ranked ahead of the Knicks. I think they yeah. do have a lot of assets going forward. They have about forty-five draft picks in the next in the upcoming like three yeah. or four drafts. The the reason I had him one below the Knicks is I still want them. I still feel like they have to prove it. It's sure. one thing to have all the assets, but it's another thing to actually it's and another it, thing to win forty five games in three years. Yeah, and I had the Knicks a little ahead just because for some reason the draw of New York is a little better than the draw of Philly for some free agents. Right. Well, let's hope the Colangelos do well because they're really setting themselves up to criticisms of uh, nepotism. Yeah. That higher. Although Wojnarowski released an article saying that, that Jerry Colangelo recused himself sure. from making the decision about who to hire. And it was other people that, of every person on the planet, thought, you know who we should hire? Jerry Colangelo's boy. Yeah. <laughs> He's most qualified. Yeah, I mean, he, Brian Colangelo ran the team in Phoenix, and Jerry Colangelo actually hired himself to be head coach at least once in the history wow. of the Suns. So it's not... It's not an un-Colangelo-like thing to do, for sure. Philly Mag did point out at the end of their article about the fake Lincoln quote that uh, the 13-page manifesto reminded them of a famous George Washington quote. Maybe we could end on this. Thinking Kendall Marshall and Nick Stauskas are good building blocks for your basketball team's future is a good way to lose your job. (laughs) Famous George Washington quote. (laughs) I think we all remember when he said that, Bob. All right, let's move on. We will talk more about the 76ers this summer, I'm sure. Okay, so the New York Knicks is uh, as the other team that we had transposed. Oh, wait, first of all, the 76ers, we predicted they would win 15 games because we thought that they you know, were intentionally going to be as, as terrible as possible. Yeah. They exceeded their own expectations yeah. and only won 10 games yeah, this year. Yeah, they did it. But the New York Knicks... The New York Knicks, to me, Matt, they remind me of a monkey trap. Are you aware of how to trap a monkey? No, but I'm very excited to to find out. The way you trap a monkey is you take something like the shape of a bottle and you put a stick in it that is covered in, like, delicious bugs, right? So the monkey in the wild goes and can fit its hand and its arm into the opening of the bottle or the hole. And But when it makes a fist around the stick and tries to pull the stick out of the trap, it can't do it. Ooh. Because its hand will fit in, but its fist won't fit out. Okay. So this comparison is, is with the New York Knicks. I feel like the stick covered in bugs is the triangle offense. And Phil Jackson and Kurt Rambis are just so stubborn, they won't drop it. They're stuck there. 
and they can't go anywhere, they will be captured. Amazing. As long as they just drop the stick, but they can't. Amazing. The Knicks are kind of like watching a buddy comedy, but neither guy teaches the other anything. <laughs> like Carmelo and Porzingis. Just like it's a buddy comedy. Uh, Let's be cops. <laughs> yeah, but they don't t- really like uh, the classic where the black guy teaches the white guy about like black stuff. And the uh-huh. white guy is like, yeah, but we have our own stuff too as white people. And, but neither in this situation, neither of them took the time to really teach anybody anything. I like it. Yeah. Who did you put as the, uh, the most important person for change? Sometimes there's a man. Well, he's the man for his time and place. He fits right in there. Porzingis. Porzingis, yep. Obviously, the comparison you want to go to is Dirk, just because they're both Europeans, but Mm -hmm. he... I compared him to a Latvian Gumby, actually. That's a good one, (laughs) That's because they both have square heads. I think that he, people will rally behind him a lot more than they did Carmelo during Carmelo's era, so you Mm -hmm. can kind of build with that excitement. Whether or not they do is another question, but is that who you had for the... My most important person for change is whatever the Celtics offer for Carmelo Anthony. Oh. That's that's my important person. You think the Celt- are the Celtics going after Carmelo? The Celtics just, I, I put them because they have the most trade assets of any team in the NBA. Right. Besides maybe the Sixers. But Carmelo has a, a, a no trade clause, so he has to agree to be traded to whatever team he's going to go to. And I think eventually he will come around and go to... The Boston Celtics. The Celtics have three first-round picks and five second-round picks as yeah. it stands this year. Yeah. Uh, we predicted that they would be 19-63. and 63. So they exceeded those expectations a little bit and are currently sitting at 32-48. and 48. Wow, they really exceeded those expectations. Yeah, we had pretty pretty low expectations could for you, the Knicks. Could you blame us? I get we no one saw Chris Stapps being this good. Right. Although he I don't know how many wins it really translated to, maybe a few at the beginning of the year. Let's go to our next team in the Eastern Conference map. I have uh the Bucks, Bob. You have the Bucks, okay. I had uh Orlando Magic, but again just uh right next to each other. I had him flipped. Uh, yeah, so, so you had the Magic slightly ahead of the Bucks, yeah, and uh, vice versa. That's mm-hmm. okay. Let's let's talk about the Bucks. What do you? Uh, what would you compare them to? The Bucks. I have a comparison to a Robert De Niro led Apatow clan movie. Like you think, if you put all the Apatow regulars with Robert De Niro, that this that this would be an amazing movie. But it kind of just turned out like meh. Like it would. <laughs> that's how it would turn out. Like a, if you put De Niro with Rogan and all those guys, I think uh-huh. it would it would uh, look. So De Niro is uh, Jason Kidd in this analogy, or yeah, uh-huh. yeah, and yeah. then the Young Bucks, right? And, uh, the Young Bucks, literally. Oh yeah, hey. <laughs> I compared the Bucks to when you leave the oldest cousin in charge to watch all the younger cousins, <laughs> nice. you know? Yeah. And all the parents go out and have a good time, think they're going to be fine, but the older cousin just buys, like, beer and porno mags for yeah. everybody, for the littlest kids. He just gets them ice cream for dinner, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. And some of these cousins, they're probably going to grow up and be doctors and lawyers, too. They just 
they just don't have the best influences around <laughs> them right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We all we all like Greek Freak and we like Middleton, but yeah, uh, we need to stop letting them eat ice cream for dinner. <laughs> so if someone's going to turn this all around for the Bucks, who's it going to be, Matt? And even if he's a lazy man, and the dude was most certainly that. Well, I think the, currently the most important person is Jason Kidd mm-hmm. because can great players, great Hall of Famers, can they lead teams? Mm-hmm. So it's not – Kidd – Kid has shown that he's he was a decent coach with the Nets, but he didn't really have to mold young minds on that Nets team. He just had to work with the vets. Who is a Hall of Who is the best player turned coach? Who is the best combination of good player and good coach? Would you say? Oh man! I mean, I'm, the only ones that come to mind for me are the Celtics, like Larry Bird, yeah, and Kevin Bird, McHale. Bird was. I was going to say Bird. He he was he did pretty well right but you're like you're you're pointing out can kid be a good coach because of the history of superstars not being good coaches well yeah but it takes a different mind brad stevens has more of a coach's mind than jason kid kid excelled on the court so he knows what needs to be done but can is can he can he articulate that yeah can he accurately articulate Uh what needs to be done so that that's the huge thing is Especially because you have Greek Freak and Parker and these and these young kids that mm-hmm. you can't let them sit in the corner and chug the soda. You have to <laughs> you have to make them do their homework. So that's that's going to be huge. And Parker, I think, and Parker has been playing really well mm-hmm. to close out the year. Um, he's he's my most important person yeah. to change. I mean, he he lost his whole rookie year to a torn ACL. He got his own Gatorade commercial that season. Oh yeah, regardless. that was huge. He was they. It was not a bad thing. They, I thought it was kind of cool. It showed him. It was all around about him coming back and him. Yeah, but coming out of high school, he was considered you know the next Carmelo. He was the number one um, player in his draft class for the longest time, right until Wiggins slightly moved above him. Mm-hmm. It's not a good sign when last year Parker was out for the whole year. The only real difference different player they had on the team was jared dudley right. plays the same position they make the playoffs uh went, went 500 41 and 41 this year they lose dudley have you know parker in his position and their record is 32 and 47 when we predicted it would be 45 and 37 but i think they're a team that'll bounce back although the next couple of teams are teams we didn't expect to be out of the playoffs too yeah the Orlando Magic, not necessarily one of those teams, though. Uh, they're number number four for me, number three for you in the uh, future power rankings of the Eastern Conference lottery teams. I just said they remind me of a, a cast of Disney characters, kind of disparate ones. Aaron Gordon I kind of reminds me. Of, you know, the new thing is to do live-action versions of these famous Disney movies. They did Maleficent and right, Cinderella. Right, and right. Got another one coming out. I figured if they ever did Winnie the Pooh oh, and man. had The Rock play Tigger, that would be Aaron Gordon. You know, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson playing <laughs> Tigger. <laughs> That'd be really good. But yeah, Alfred Payton looks like a cartoon character with his Erica Badu hair. 
Yeah. Victor Oladipo. He's like the lead in one of those Disney teenager shows, you know, because he's the quiet, humble kid, but he's also the most talented person of everyone he knows. You know, he even sings for crying out loud. Hazonia, I would I would say would be like the guy who got the job at Disneyland as a character actor just to like meet women. <laughs> And Scott Skiles is the manager of all these guys who he just he just can't wait to get off work and have a drink. Yeah. Or yeah. or fifteen drinks. He's constantly <laughs> constantly flustered by everything. Yeah. Red faced. What would you compare the magic oh, man. to? That's a good one. That I, I don't even know if I, I don't even know if I compete with that. I think we just have to go with that one. <laughs> that that was that's that's too that's a really good one. I I'm, I'm gonna jump on board with that one. What about the man? What about sometimes there's a man for, for the magic? I won't say a hero, because what's a hero? Aaron Gordon. Uh-huh. Because he's the reason they traded Tobias Harris. Mm-hmm. You, you can see he's, they're, ramping up to, they're ramping up to make him a thing, which makes sense because he can dunk and he can, he can be that highlight, that highlight reel. Oladipo's going to be the... The team's going to run through Oladipo, I think. But yeah, but Gordon's the one that he can he he has the the funness about him, so he can bring people out to the arena. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you get enough, if you have enough fun, and the atmosphere seems fun enough, then that can draw a free agent possibly. If you can dunk over the mascot, that'll right. that'll put butts in the seats. Right. My most important person for the Magic I put was Dwight Howard. I know Dwight Howard's not on the Magic, but I've read rumors that they are considering signing him again. Wow. And my public service announcement to Magic fans, ownership, and management, do not sign <laughs> Dwight Howard. That would be, it would be bad. They have a lot of, they'll have a, a, a bright future, but I think that could be all undone by signing him. Um, first of all, nobody in the NBA outside of Josh Smith seems to like this guy yeah. at all. Uh, and not only that, just from a basketball perspective, you know, the team that Dwight thrived on the most was the Magic with Stan Van Gundy coaching. But that Magic team had nothing but shooters around him, you know. Oh, yeah. They, they, stretch, they Lewis, stretch the floor. Turkaloo, Jameer Nelson. If you look at the, Redick. the players, Reddick, right? The players that have been drafted since the Magic have been in rebuild mode since Dwight mm-hmm. left are good at just about everything except shooting, with yeah. the exception of Mario Hazonia, who they yeah. just drafted this past year. Gordon can't shoot. No, Gordon can't shoot. Peyton Oladipo can't slashes. shoot. Oladipo doesn't shoot threes. So this would not be a good fit for, for Dwight Howard. Well, and star power, like you would do that for star power. Honestly, Vukovic... Is it probably as good or maybe a better player than Howard at this point? And he's not going to piss off everybody on the team. Yeah, Vukovic. <laughs> or bring snakes into the locker room. Vukovic <laughs> averaged 19 and 11 last year, and this year is averaging 18 and 9. Wow. Like those those are. He is terrible on defense, but. Yeah, but, but I mean. Still. But would you. you those you are have, better offensive numbers than Dwight. <laughs> right, and those are offensive numbers you're getting at. 12 to 13 million over the next three years right. as opposed to 30 million. Right. Is Dwight going to bring 17 million in defense? He'll bring 17 million in drama, but he definitely, this is one of the teams that we got closest to predicting accurately for oh, wow. their uh, record. We predicted 30 and 52 for the magic. 
they're currently at 34 and 45. Wow. So that's even closer than our Sixers pick, which everyone knew what was going on there. That's fun. Just two teams left in our Eastern Conference trash heap, Matt. Who do you have as uh, the second second best future? I have the Washington Wizards. I do as well. Okay. And how would you compare the Washington? What would you compare watching the Washington Wizards to, Matt? They remind me of some older Suns teams where, because you would think with Wall and John Wall, Bradley Beal, Polish Hammer, yeah, Gortat, in the East, that's that's a playoff team. It was last year, right? But it wasn't this year. So it's just I, we've I think and I think even with the Rockets or Clippers, we've all had that we've all had that happen to our franchise where it you see a playoff team mm-hmm. on the court but not in the standings. And I think we can all empathize with that a little bit. It just I I kind of on some level feel feel the Wizard fans' pain this year. Of yeah, I think the Wizards fans really got screwed when they swept the Toronto Raptors in the first round of the playoffs last oh, year. yeah. Because up until then, the biggest highlights of the year from their coach, Randy Whitman, were video footage of him on the bench not being able to figure out which way to hold his oh, clipboard. I forgot about that. You know, he's trying to diagram a play, and he's just turning the board upside down, right side up. Bob, isn't the clipboard uh, the same on both sides? Yeah. Okay. It is. <laughs> doesn't even matter which way it is right that's why i compared the wizards and watching randy whitman continue to keep his job after mistake after mistake in washington especially in a league where coaches lose their jobs for not winning 70 percent of their games but only 68 percent yeah and whitman continues to keep his jobs it's just as baffling to me as when Donald Trump continues to like double down mm. on his racist, offensive, derogatory statements and doesn't lose any edge in the polls at all. They just, he just goes for it. Yeah. I mean, if they don't fire Randy Whitman this year, that would be about as dumb as making Donald Trump president. Ooh. Maybe our next year, maybe our previews will be previewing both the Donald Trump pre- presidency and a... Uh, uh, Randy Whitman, another year of the on the job. Sometimes there's a man. Aw, shucks. Lost my train of thought here. So who's going to turn this all around for the Wizards? I forget that their Spanish name is now. <laughs> oh, yeah. What is it? I forget. <laughs> Magos? Magos, yeah. Yeah, Magos. The Bradley Beal contract situation, I think, is That's what huge. I put He's going to want a lot of money, first off. The max money, we would presume. Yeah, and that's I, I can I guess we can debate whether or not he's worth it. But this is the new NBA. But if you take Beal off the team and you don't have that first round draft pick anymore because you get you're giving it to the Suns, barring some miracle of the Wizards jumping up into the top three. Oh right. Oh, I forgot about that. To get Markeith, right? Markeith, yeah. So they would next year they would lose. They would take a non-playoff team and lose one of their top players. It, it Beals, this is one of those, this is one of those situations where you, you almost have to sign Beal regardless of how much you think he's worth, because if you don't have him, what else do you have? Yeah, I guess I have to agree with that. And especially since so many people are going to have so much money 
Might as well see if you can sign him, maybe trade him. But it's not hard to imagine a hypothetical team that doesn't involve Bradley Beal because he has missed so many games for this team. Right. And it's actually quite easy to imagine right. a team without Bradley and Beal. Maybe that's why they're not going to make the playoffs. Right. And and this year, I thought, being the contract year, maybe we would see Beal magically find the ability to play an entire NBA season. Yeah. But quite the contrary. He's only played in 54 games this year. Right. Which, um, if he if he plays the last two will equal his rookie year when he played 56. And I don't think he's going to because he left the game today with a pelvis injury. Of course he did. This literally says 17 minutes ago, Bradley Beal will not return to Sunday's game against the Hornets. So Wow. Uh, yeah, in his first four seasons, he's already missed 82 games. Yeah, but that dude's about to get paid. Record prediction! We predicted they would be 51-31. and 31. I think we had them as a fifth place in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, 51 wins would put them at third in the East this year. Wow. Yeah, it's a close race. Their actual record, though, is 38-41. and 41. Yeah, I could see I could see John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins maybe playing together on the same team someday. But I don't think it'll be Washington, and I don't think it'll be Sacramento either. Yeah. Let's get into the number one team, future future team in the Eastern Conference that sadly did not make the playoffs this year. This isn't official, Matt, but it's likely the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, they have to win the next two games, right? I think they have to win and the Pacers have to lose. And the Pacers are playing Brooklyn today, so... Well, there it is. I think it's fairly official. Do you remember loving something so much as a kid? But then you you pick it up or you, you find it and you do that thing again and it's not nearly as fun as you thought it was. Like an Etch-A-Sketch? Sure. Or just say, <laughs> yeah. Or just something from your past. That's for the Bulls. And now, granted, they had tons of injuries. But I always enjoyed the past, past few seasons. I enjoyed watching the Bulls. I thought they were oh, really yeah. fun. They were great. Uh, this year, I picked up the Bulls again and they just weren't nearly as fun <laughs> as I remember them being. They went from this is this is the team that could beat the Cavs to who is this team who are they throwing out there tonight? Right. Yeah. Yeah, my comparison was from uh the movie Fight Club. You know, Edward Norton's character, you never really find out what his name is until the the very end, mm-hmm. but prior to the end, he's just uh, calls himself he's like I'm Jack's Medulla Oblongata, you know. <laughs> and there's one point where he's getting fired from work and he is jack's smirking revenge and then he proceeds to beat himself up in his boss's office right right i think of that as tom thibodeau tom thibodeau is the bull's smirking revenge this year because he's was fired right yeah the bulls have a notoriously cheap owner and the bulls had to pay tom thibodeau this year to not coach. Right. Arguably, they've wanted to fire him for a couple of seasons, but they couldn't swallow the pill of paying him for more than one season that he was away. Yeah. So just like Edward Norton in Fight Club, he ends up negotiating a year's worth of paychecks so he can fund his uh, you know, Paper Street Soap Company. And Thibodeau, he was fired because he couldn't agree with management about limiting players' minutes. 
Mm-hmm. The management wanted minute restrictions. Right. He was, was not he was, about it. He was running them out there. Yeah. And the management was accusing him of overplaying these players and causing injuries to them. Mm-hmm. Most famously, Derek Rose, you know, missed um, pretty much three of the past he four years. Missed an entire career. Right. However, this year with Fred Hoiberg doing a minutes restriction, listening to the general manager, they've had more injuries than any of the Tom Thibodeau years. Yeah. You know, Joakim Noah has been out for most of the year. Uh, players that weren't even injured but were were thriving under Thibodeau, like uh, Nikola Miritich last year, have had a down season. Right. I got to imagine that Thibodeau has just got to be cackling watching these games and just thinking to himself, "Fuck you, John Paxson. I yeah. was right the whole time." You know, right. I'm surprised he doesn't have a 13 page letter <laughs> explaining. Yeah. All the all the other people that would agree with him. I can't wait for 2016 <laughs> when Hinky and Thibodeau team up on the <laughs> ultimate We Were Right circuit. <laughs> Hinky's just throwing out random lineups, and, and Thibodeau's playing them all 48 minutes. <laughs> if there was a man, and I'm talking about the dude here, that was going to turn it all around, but ah, hell, I done introduced him enough. It's Joakim Noah. I mean, he went from an MVP candidate a couple of years ago yeah. to completely gone from the team this year. I, when we came up with the Diss of the Week segment, I expected Joakim Noah to be responsible for at least 50% of those se- segments this year. Either him saying something or him something getting something said to him. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He was the Draymond Green of the NBA before Draymond Green took over. Right. As the foul mouth uh, trash talker yeah. and the hustling heart of the Chicago Bulls team, right? I really think that that, uh, along with Thibodeau, his his not being around has getting you know just taken the life out of this Bulls team. Yeah. Well. What about you? Who do you think could uh, that, could turn it around? That's a really good one. I put Butler because everyone's looking at Jimmy Butler as being the the future and the guy, the next superstar in Chicago. Yeah. I mean, he's shown that he's playing really well but then there's carry a team to an extent too if everyone's not healthy mm-hmm. so but yeah Noah's so huge Noah's much much more important to that team than I think any of us ever thought ever yeah uh, we predicted the Bulls were going to be I think s- second in the Eastern Conference yeah. only to Cleveland with a record of 56 and 26 along with the Houston Rockets got to be the most disappointing team in the NBA this year their record stands right now at 39 and 40. And like we said, uh, they're 40 and 40 as of 40 today. and 40 now. Yeah. But their fate could be sealed with an Indiana win against the lowly Kitty Genovese's of Brooklyn. On the next episode of Brick House. That about sums up our, uh, our Eastern Conference preview. We're going to have a, a second part pretty soon here coming out in the next day or two. The Western Conference teams, the future tire fires of the Western Conference on the next episode. <laughs>